Мої порядки були не в бої, на пісні та свідчені ночі. З моїх порядків хвалити Бога, за волоком ніхто не служив. Дарували батька до сина, честь у спадок, як білу кість. Мої порядки були красиві, ворогам на подиві злість. Хай не славою, Бог там з нею, як присягою наша popular duo from Ukraine that's been around quite a while, the Telnyuk Sisters, with Moi Predke, My Ancestors. Dobri vecher i vitaju vas vsih dorehi radio suhoči na radio programu Naš Holos Radio Krinsko Hokorinja na Bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u Misti Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina. On today's program, an interview with Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps, and he'll be sharing his fond memories of Magin Kibbutz in Israel, where he lived and worked for several months in the 1990s, and that is the one that was bombed on October 7th. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and up next is a timeless reminder of why we commemorate the Defenders of Freedom on November 11th, Remembrance Day. Slava Jesusu Christu i dobre večer. This is Father Bruce Power with Izdukovit Tvojemu and with your spirit here on Nash Hollis Radio. On November 11th, we observed Remembrance Day and I'd like to share with you a very special Remembrance Day in my life. A number of years ago, I was pastor of St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church in Nanaimo, and I was asked to give the prayer of remembrance at the Remembrance Day ceremonies, and afterwards to go with the veterans over to their local legion for their Remembrance Day program there. And as I was there with them, an elderly veteran came up to me, beautifully decorated with all of his war decorations and medals. And he sat down and he said, Father, can I speak with you? And I said, of course. And he said, Father, I have to share something with you. And he started to cry. He said, I'm not ashamed of my war service. We veterans fought. We fought for a cause, and that cause was good. But Father, he said, it's not right for us to kill It's not right for us to hate. We have to work for peace. And it was then that I truly knew that there is no greater person of peace than a veteran who had gone through the horrors of war. A soldier. It is then that I knew that our veterans have something to teach us. How important peace is how important keeping peace is, how important being a people of peace is. 
The Ukrainian people know this very well, of course, and many Ukrainians have fought in various wars, either in the Canadian forces during various wars, or, for example, in the Ukrainian insurgent army and so on. And Ukrainians understand Remembrance Day as a time to pray for peace and a time indeed to remember, because remembering is such a blessed gift. Memory is such a gift to us. It enables us to reconnect, to recall, and to know that the sacrifices of our veterans are not in vain, and to carry the torch for them, a torch of peace, just as we remember them and honor them and sing that beautiful hymn, Eternal Memory, Vichnaya Pamyat, and reflect on those beautiful words that are spoken at each and every Remembrance Day ceremony. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. This is Father Bruce for Nash Holos Radio. Spohom. фландрійських маг зацвів. Де повно ряду ряд хрестів. Це знак, ми тут, а в небесах. Бравує жайвер, крапка птах. Гармати стогнуть, рветься спів. Ми вмерли, тому кілька днів. Ми зір чекали, сонце, снів. Любов пили, тепер наш прах. В полях фландрійських. Досить ворогів Із колих рук Ти підхопив Наш світоч Вознеси в руках Але не зрадь Бо в мерлих прах Не спить Тож знову маг зацвів Up next, a conversation with Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps. So we've spoken about how history was is just a relic of the past, and we can't possibly get the whole truth of the past in into history. But you also mentioned that your your grandma told you stories uh, and had her own personal perspective, uh, just as you have your own personal perspective, and you are. Uh, you know, major coordinator with Ukraine War Amps and doing an awful lot to help Ukrainians, defenders, and their families uh, survive this horrible war. And then uh, on October 7th, you got hit again because you have uh, you have roots there in, is- in Israel and you um, have experiences there. I'd like you to share with the listeners what your, your memories of that kibbutz that was 
the the first target of of the attacks in Israel this year. I sent you a couple of pictures, and I kind of mentioned I want to share my experience living in a kibbutz. You know, whatever happened on October seventh happened in the area where I live, area I'm familiar with, uh-huh. area where I spend uh, a lot of time. Yeah, whatever happened uh, in Israel on October the seventh, probably like it never happened even even back uh, fifty years ago when they talk about uh, uh, Yom Kippur War, and uh, I got I guess it caught all of us. Uh, it just no one could uh, could expect anything like that. Uh, and fra- frankly, uh, I was like, on my part, I was sure Israeli borders are well guarded too. Like, I would never think anything like that possible. Well, um, yeah. On, on, in, in, uh, on that border with, uh, with Hamas, because Hamas was a terrorist organization recognized as, as such. Mm-hmm. And, I thought like Israel built a wall and uh, a lot of technology involved in cameras, surveillance cameras, etc. And that solution was part of a problem probably as well because we are uh, relied on on all these walls and technology maybe too much. Well, yeah, that's and, yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of like the old old style war, but what Hamas did was exactly what what Putin has done in Ukraine is attacking civilian targets brutally. I mean, yeah. that is the main target, not like in World War II they did that too. They bombed uh, residential areas, but that wasn't their main focus. But it's it was with Russia, now it is with Hamas and uh, so th- that's what's different the the barbarity of this war yeah. of these wars in this last couple of years is i think yeah, it's so, taken the world by shock like this is never this is unprecedented yeah exactly and you know that shock for me came uh, i got like uh, my personal touch in uh, that uh, entire shock because i used to live on on a border with Gaza Street. And I used to live in one of these kibbutzes. So when news arrived, I, I, I knew the people. I've been there. I've been among them. I also remember times when, when you would cross into Gaza Strip without any issues. And people would go there to fix a car and go to marketplace, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those news were like, double and triple shock for me. Yeah, yeah. When, when were you there? I'm talking about 1990s, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I was uh, obviously a somewhat younger guy. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we, all? we all were back in, <laughs> in 90s, yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day, again, if uh, your listeners never heard my interviews, I originate from Kiev, Ukraine, so... Mm-hmm. Back back in the days in Kiev, my my parents bought me um, a bicycle. It was a unique bicycle. Each owner took uh, third place in a competition in Ukraine in a, uh, in a race. Yeah, racing, and that was a unique bicycle. My my dad bought me. Oh. It cost him like entire monthly salary. Wow! It was the bike. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud. I I rode uh, everywhere uh, on that bike, and I live in that part of the Kiev, closer to Irpin and Hatomel. All these places right. where all this tragedy happened last year in 2022. Right. And um, graveyards uh, where my relatives are being under occupation too. Oh. So. Yeah, we got uh, we got uh, a cottage in that area in a small village of Babinti. It was like fifty five kilometers for me to to ride from Kiev. Oh, wow. And my ride, I would go to Hastomel. That's the famous bottle uh, for the airport happened there. Ukin, Bucha, and uh, and on to Babinti. And uh, sometimes I would uh, actually take a ride back and forth. Same day, sometimes I would stay there overnight. But I really loved our cottage, that place, mm-hmm. uh, the forest, picking up mushrooms. You know, we all, we've been doing that since uh, young ages. So. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when uh, opportunity came 
to uh, visit Israel and uh, stay in kibbutz uh, back in the days and probably today too. A lot of young people travel into kibbutz as uh, you can uh, stay there, work there uh, while uh, touring the country. Yeah, yeah. You know, I almost had an opportunity. Well, actually, it's more more my husband. He met. I met a Jewish lady in the food court in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. This was in the eighties, actually, and uh, they struck up a conversation. And uh, she offered to give him a grant to go to live in a kibbutz in Israel. <laughs> but of course, you know, it was that, not that, possible. That's but... <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I did. Really? So, wow. Yeah, that's exactly what I did with my bike. Um, oh. Well, my question was how I get around <laughs> if I come to Kibbutz because right. Kibbutz is a village in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so okay. what we do, and that bike was just dear to my heart. I didn't know if uh, like a man or woman uh, who lives in a Kibbutz they call Kibbutznik. No, so kibbutznik, I ne- cute. <laughs> kibbutznik, yeah. <laughs> so I never knew if uh, kibbutzniks uh, do they have cars or uh, bikes and how they get around or buses. No, it was pre-internet time, right? Too, yeah, yeah, right. And pre-cell phone time, uh-huh. pre-anything. Uh-huh. So right. the the minimum of information you get from your word of mouth that's probably what you got, mm-hmm. but. Word of mouth may uh, take like 10 years to carry the information. So I really had a very vague idea. And uh, here I am taking a train from Central Train Station in Kiev down to Odessa uh, overnight uh, and jumping from train to the cruise. Oh, that's how you got to to Israel. Yeah, but... Yeah, back in the day, you you were able to take a cruise from Odessa to Haifa. Oh, wow. It, it was my first cruise, first of all. You know, as a, as a youngster, you got your first cruise. You travel without your family, no oh, parents. Wow. Like, <laughs> really? How cool is that? Yeah. Okay, so you, it was a cruise on the Black Sea. Mm, not just because Black Sea only gets you to Turkey. Yeah? Right, yeah. And then? It, correct. Uh-huh. And then you have Sea of uh, Marmor. And then you have uh, a Aegean Sea or Aegean Sea. And then you have Mediterranean Sea. So, also oh, the cruise ship went all through those four different seas. Yeah, wow. so it's taken you four days uh-huh. to ride through four seas. Wow. Four day, every day in you see. A, a different sea. Every day. Wow. Yeah, a different sea. And every day they uh, they empty the swimming pool and uh, take the water from the uh, current uh, sea. Oh, and there's salt water swimming pools on the cruise ship? Of course. Yeah. Salt water. Oh. Yeah, salt water, yeah. And uh, real water oh. from outside. Wow. Yeah. It was September, early September. Uh-huh. Uh, essentially, you know, September, um, Jews celebrate Rosh Hashanah. Right, yeah, New Year. So mm-hmm. I was uh, swimming towards Rosh Hashanah in uh, Israel. Uh-huh. Uh, I probably didn't know much about Rosh Hashanah back then. So early September, Odessa was pretty uncomfortable. The water temperature in uh, Black Sea was pretty cold, pretty chilly by then. Yeah. And, uh, and then... Every day they refill it with the water from another sea, and every day it's warmer. Oh, they weren't uh, heated pools then. Oh, interesting. No, you know, it's not heated. It's just the you as you go south, you get warmer water. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, every sea was warmer than previous one. Yeah, yeah, because you're going south. Right? And yeah, and density was uh, higher too. The the salt? The southern density of water. So essentially, it's harder to swim in the Black Sea than in the Mediterranean because the amount of salt in the Mediterranean is higher. Oh. For a swimmer, it's easier to right. keep you up on the top. Right, as you float. You yeah. need much less effort. Yeah. So that's uh, for somebody who swimming entire life in lakes and rivers quite an experience. Yeah. Okay, so the cruise ship went from Odessa to Haifa. 
Yeah, and then uh, by taxi, I, I, I it was a Arab guy, a, ta- a taxi driver, took me all the way down to border with Gaza. Okay. So long drive mm. from Haifa. There, it's uh, like half a day. Wow. It was very long. Uh-huh. But first, you see Haifa, and when you see Haifa, you realize you never seen a town like that. Oh. It's completely different from any town in Ukraine, mm-hmm. any town you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. It, it, it could have more in common with the Crimean Tatar houses. Really? Yeah, that's type of uh, architecture when you have thick stone walls. They're supposed to keep the air cool inside. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you ever been in uh, Carpathian. Do you remember uh, how the house uh, looked like in a village with a, a very steep roof? Okay. Because that amount of rain and snow, snow. is supposed to come yeah. down. So that roof is so sometimes crazy steep. But mm. here you got flat roofs. Right, okay. Yeah, nothing built out of wood because no wood is actually right. stone. Desert, yeah. And so it's completely different and it's all... So much sun and heat and uh, palms and everything mm-hmm. is, and hills. Haifa is all on the hills. Mm. So that was stunning, stunning uh, impression from that Mediterranean city. And then, yeah, and then next day I've been uh, in uh, Kibbutz Magen, which is uh, only three kilometers from the uh, border with Gaza Strip. And if you read the um, stories, uh, what happened in kibbutzes, kibbutz again, the kibbutz where I arrived, was one of the places attacked by Hamas in the first hours of uh, October the seventh. So, Gene, before you go, tell us what is this, what is it like? What is a kibbutz, and and what is it like? Give us yeah. describe what it's well, like. Well, you see, you see, we're going to uh, to this history. We're going back to Ukraine because uh, uh, the first kibbutz is actually formed back in Ukraine, in southern Ukraine, in uh, really? in that part of Ukraine where where actually uh, front lines are right now. And even Crimea. That's where kibbutzes and that the movement formed back in the 1920s, as far as I know. And reason being is uh, that uh, Jewish community lived mostly in the western part of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But in the eastern or southern Ukraine, in Crimea, they would buy land and organize a kibbutz where it's a collective farm, if you wish. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know, it's much more complex, the subject, because collective farms, it's something that Soviet Union implemented, and that's the case when they took over all of your property. Well, it's a completely different, uh, as, as usually, everything uh, well, perverted when once uh, Moscow touching it. Yeah, anything with controlled by the state from the top down is not going to work. This was a this was a, a, a communal um, effort. This is voluntarily communal. Right? So kibbutz in translation is a, is a community or a collective uh, farm again. Mm-hmm. Kibbutz is a translation, it's uh, getting together. Yeah, Like a cooperative, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. So Ukraine was a home for a couple of millions of Jews. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got together and they organized kibbutzes where we work in land or we have a little manufacturer. Somebody is, is taking care of the shop, or blacksmith, yeah. etc. So back in Israel, again, uh, huge immigration or first immigration back to Israel was in uh, approximately 1880s. Uh, 1880s pretty much characterized by immigration of Ukrainians to Canada and Ukrainians to Far East on the border with China. Yeah. So, yeah, so that uh, heavily populated area of Ukraine, people were looking for new opportunities and families or youngsters without families, as I did, were going faraway places yeah. and trying to, to start their life in, in, in under new circumstances. Mm-hmm. So in Kibbutzma again, where I was, 
that kibbutz was actually organized by Jews from Romania. And uh, I think uh, in the 30s or even the 40s, after World War II, when UN voted for State of Israel to be, and uh, by the way, back then, Moscow was uh, supporting those Jewish immigrants to go to to Palestine, as they call it back then. Mm-hmm. Moscow was in support of the idea of state of Israel. Yeah, everyone in the UN, everyone voted for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jews from Romania were encouraged to move to Israel. And they moved to that uh, kibbutz where I was. Only mostly were from Romania. Okay. Their, their parents and grandparents mostly came from Romania. Okay. Yeah, and kibbutz have uh, a big territory around it and uh, working land. Also, they would have cows and chickens and uh, horses and a big uh, plant. And uh, they also would hire people. If plant needs an engineer, they would hire an engineer from outside of kibbutz. So what, what, what sorry, what kind uh, of plant? It was plastic tubes and they used for irrigation. So yeah, so for kibbutz to get educated people working for kibbutz, it was either you hire site or you send your youngsters to university and they get back to you with the education you need. Okay, so then the graduates from university then will come back and work in the plant. Yeah, 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 one of the ways. Uh Yeah, yes, that location on the border uh, with uh, Gaza Street you still have rainy season. Oh, I see. In wintertime, you still have pretty low temperatures. Some places, it can go down even to zero degrees oh, wow. wintertime, uh-huh. especially in nighttime, on a higher, in a higher area. Okay. So not really in my kibbutz, but some places. So uh, you still have some grass and some plants growing around in a field, like wintertime, you see flowers, February mm-hmm. usually, cool and rainy. Mm-hmm. So you got some flowers, like uh, anemones or poppies. So that was pretty interesting. From April to October was nothing there, just yellow and brown uh, desert, you know? Yeah. Again, for me, it was very uh, new experience. Only I could compare it probably to some areas in southern Ukraine where like in the Kyrgyzstan area, you actually have uh, extremely, extremely hot summers. And then rain season comes again. But still, that was pretty unique to see that. Mm-hmm. And I got my bike. <laughs> I got my bike. So, so you, ro- so you <laughs> rode. You rode everywhere. It's, it's, I rode everywhere. And uh, I just went through my mind. I actually was biking in Irpin. And I was biking oh. in an area where Hamas did what they did. And when I was biking there, it's so beautiful. It's so peaceful. And that is Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps describing the Megan kibbutz, the one that was bombed on October 7th, during happier times in the 1990s when he was younger, we were all younger, and there was sort of peace in the Middle East. Jean will be back in the second half of the program to give us an insight of what life was like living in a kibbutz in Israel after the station break and a short musical interlude. This is Odnach Velina, One Minute, an original composition by UK artist Stepan Pasichnik, also known as Ludwig. Thank you. 
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shochenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a donation today. Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water and medications, and when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com, or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. Now back to our conversation with Gene Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps. We left off with him describing how beautiful it was in the area where that kibbutz was located in all of Israel, as well as in Ukraine, in the many places that have been devastated by war that were home to him once and are now changed forever. Nothing but terror and war. Mm. It was great places and it's hard to believe what happened in Ukraine and here happened, actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. So then my time, it was skies were blue, cacti on the field. On the field, they would grow cacti, a lot of edible cacti. Oh, really? And well, what, yeah. kind, what kind of cactus can you eat? You can find it in a store here, too. A prickly pear? The, fr- the fruit itself is uh, sort of round and uh, red. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it's actually well-known there. Mm. They grow it uh, uh, many places. It's one of the things uh, they grow for for the source, yeah? It's a fruit or wedgie, wherever it's it's a cacti. Uh Yeah. (laughs) My first experience was horrible because essentially cactus is not the plant you want to touch. I know. <laughs> How did you? Oh, what happened? Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to put it in your mouth like that. So what? What happened? I I got it. It's like millions of bees. <laughs> you know, you know, cactuses. It, you you cacti. Yeah. You need to clean it first. Yeah. You can eat it like that. No, you have I, to skin it. I guess. Yeah. It's uh, all uh, full of this. Tiny needles, pins. Oh. They go into your mouth, oh. into your into your tongue, Ow. and and oh. as soon as you try to, <laughs> yeah, now you know you feel what I felt. Ouch! That. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> but the thing is, you can't say ouch, yeah, because uh, uh, your lips, your tongue, it's all with this millions of oh. tiny needles and moreover you try to use your fingers to pull it out just to realize that now your fingers <laughs> are the same oh no oh, <laughs> so you are with your tongue like a dog with your tongue oh, outside no. oh dear oh, you dear. can you can you're speechless uh, yeah. you can you cannot touch any part of your body because you just transfer this needle <laughs> oh no on and on. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out. When you get to a new place, watch out. Like today you can Google. Yeah. You can Google everything. You can see YouTube. You can see videos, what people done. But back in the day, you would take a knife and believe it or not, cut avocado in two without any clue why it's so hard. And without any clue that there is a big seed inside of avocado, <laughs> you're not supposed to cut it. 
what an experience that must have been for you, cactus and, and, then and believe it or not, <laughs> yeah, avocado. They were everywhere. Plantation of avocado everywhere, and you know, food was free. Yeah, you work for free in kibbutz, oh. you live for free in kibbutz, and you eat for free. No it's kid. it's wow. a collective farm. Yeah, okay. it's a collective farm. Wow. You work for others; others working for you. Wow, that's what it truly means. It doesn't mean no one expropriated my bike. Yeah, no, you still oh. have uh, things in your possession. It's not like the Soviet Union collective farm. Yeah, but yeah, that what happened. And if my bike needed a repair, I would go to kibbutz repair shop, uh-huh. and they would just repair it. Uh-huh. Now things like uh, developing, uh, you know, like back in the day, you would develop a film, and then it, when you take a picture, you have a film, you pull it out, you develop it, and mm-hmm. you got pictures. So. Stuff like that wasn't really for free. It was for points. Points? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you would uh, essentially, like, instead of uh, having credit card with money, you would got a card with points. Points, And uh, okay. Yeah, so you pay by points, essentially. Uh-huh. So that's, like, extra. You still, yeah, you still can go out and, and do your things you like, but... Inside the kibbutz, everything is free, but yeah, there is a store and you, you can develop a field, you can buy extra things you need and you pay by kind of by points. Yeah. But so anyway, uh, bottom line, my fridge was full of avocado <laughs> and avocado. My first time I saw that fruit. Yeah. I never saw it before. I didn't know what uh, I, I hated it too. Yeah. I couldn't get that oh, taste. Either. You didn't like it. Oh, okay. No, now if you go back to Kiev now, like today, if you and I flying back today, we'll see everything there. Oh, I eat pomegranates. I eat pomegranates there. Yeah. You, exactly. So you're going to find anything. But yeah. back back then, we didn't know, or I didn't know much what, the, what kiwi is and what avocado is. Yeah, my fridge was actually avocado and um, the pomelas. That was uh, the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, pamelas, you know, big gray, yeah. <laughs> big orange. Yeah. yeah. They were everywhere, plantation everywhere. And my fridge was full of it, but I I, I didn't really used to, used to it. Yeah. yeah. Again, cutting, cutting avocado in two is quite an experience. <laughs> you, you, you need a very, very good knife and a lot of time and effort. <laughs> And will, <laughs> yeah. But then you learn how you learn to cut around the seed, and then you just pop it out. Right, it's a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, my story is about first Ukrainian in a kibbutz, oh, and that's. <laughs> and my first or second night there is a Rosh Hashanah, which I had no clue, or no, not much really understanding of oh, what's going on. Uh-huh. And also, it's September for me. It's. Uh, I, I assume it's a fall time and some cool air should get in. Mm-hmm. But beginning of September in Israel, in, especially in that part, it was plus 40s and more. Oh, wow. Yeah, temperatures don't get much uh, cooler at night because nightfall, no sun, but all these stones, all right. the desert the heat, gives yes. it the, the heat. It, it <laughs> the the yeah. heat coming coming back from bottom up, you know. Right. Oh boy. So that was, that was again another yeah. another experience. Yeah. yeah. And and here you are, Rosh Hashanah come, and all the kibbutzniks, or or they call themselves kibbutznikim, which right. is kibbutz kibbutzniks. Uh-huh. Right. Right. So what you do? How you know it's a new year? It's a, a tra- all the traditional way of knowing. Same uh, same thing we do pretty much uh, in Christianity. We uh, like when you celebrate uh, Christmas, uh, you celebrate it sort of night before, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Christmas Eve, yeah. if yeah, a day before. You don't like maybe a New Year. Uh, day or New Year, you celebrate at midnight, but that's kind of a modern thing. Right. But back then, you know, sun is down, new day starts. Right. 
So that's where your new year starts as well, on the sunset. Right. And that's the time after a long day, we can finally have a supper and go to bed. Yes. To get ready for tomorrow. So sunset uh, essentially is a, a countdown. It's a new year or new day start of sunset. And here I am. I just arrived. I didn't know anyone in a kibbutz. And they were pretty surprised when they saw me, by the way. Why? Because back in the day, you only got probably, what, phone? Like uh, old school phone. Yeah. And obviously, no one called them from Ukraine saying that I'm coming. Oh. So they were pretty much surprised. But I, uh-huh. I got that information. I got some kind of letter that uh, they are okay. And whoever issued that letter wasn't there. And they never heard of that person. Oh, no. But, <laughs> oh, dear. But, but they let you stay. But, yeah, but, you know, it's like all day. That's how you would, like, Soviet Union, like, my mom, for instance, she would go for work in uh, different cities and towns. She would arrive in a city, go for work, and after work she would go from door to door, door knocking the hotels, asking if uh, there is uh, any bed available. Oh, wow. I, uh, you know, as a, as a young man, or, uh, you just, uh, I, I never ask myself a question where I go. I just, I go there for sure. I'm going gonna to find a place to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so they, for so, sure. And you got it. And they, yeah. Uh, they were pretty surprised when they saw like me with my uh, suitcases and also a huge, enormous bag. They were surprised where this person came from. Uh-huh. What? Uh, they never saw anything like that bag ever. That, that had your bicycle that bag, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Could you imagine a bag for a bicycle? I got one. <laughs> that would be big. <laughs> I got a special bag where my bicycle was in. Mm-hmm. They, they, they couldn't understand what's going on. A young lad with suitcases and bicycle. And it didn't look like I I gonna go anywhere from that, yeah. Because I just came. I said, "Oh, hey, I'm here." And uh, yeah, was a was a big mess. They were looking for somebody responsible for taking volunteers back in the days, or probably today too. You you called a volunteer, yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my role, a volunteer. And I met that people from uh, probably between twenty to twenty five from Australia, New Zealand, all over the globe, yeah, uh, from entire Europe. So that was very cool. But I didn't know a single person, and everyone, after um, uh, supper, uh, everyone went to the hill nearby. Actually, I send you, uh, from Wikipedia, I send you an article. So that article has a picture. That's pretty much the area where all the kibbutzniks go to uh, receive a new year. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's slightly on a hill, mm-hmm. just just a tiny bit on a hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, means uh, you can see, uh, you can uh, you can see the second sun longer. Okay. And you're looking uh, to the horizon where the uh, sun is setting down and once sun is over, then it's a happy Rosh Hashanah moment. And then I'm there, and I don't understand what these people, I don't understand, like I saw by that time, I saw some number of uh, sunsets. So Mm. I didn't understand that that particular sunset is so special. And uh, I didn't speak any language, yeah? Uh, Yeah, no, no, I not yeah, I, I studied some English at school, for sure, for sure. But that's pretty limited. Not enough to talk about Rosh Hashanah. Oh, boy. And, you know, like, out of the blue, everyone kissing is everyone and shaking hands and, <laughs> and, and smile. <laughs> and smile. Like, everyone was just staying there, staring at the sunset, like, motionless. Yeah. Like, no motion. Everyone, like, it was like magic moment. Oh. We all look at the sun. It was beautiful, no doubt. You know, the sunset in desert is beautiful. Uh-huh. Probably somewhere beyond uh, Gaza Street. Uh-huh. But then, boom, no sun. 
still very hot, extremely hot, and then we all uh, shaking and hugging and kissing and smiling <laughs> and, and all this emotion uh, and uh, people uh, clapping hands and uh, some English, some uh, Hebrew and and I was completely lost and then uh, like uh, everyone is hugging everyone and they hugged me too. Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, guys, what's going on? <laughs> And believe it or not, that that group of people happened to stay kind of closest to me. They were volunteers from Germany, uh-huh. volunteers and locals, okay. but all uh, German-speaking people. And you could speak German? No, I knew, <laughs> you know, so a little bit. No, I probably knew Al Fiderzain and Don Kishon. <laughs> but no. <laughs> but again, 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 my grandma taught me some German because she used to speak German during the German occupation in Kiev. But yeah, that's pretty much it. And. Uh, yeah, so these people, we tried to communicate, and those were my first kind of contact in Israel. I didn't even understand these people are from, from Germany. Wow. You know, yeah. frankly, I didn't expect to see Germans as far yeah, <laughs> as uh, yeah. a uh, kibbutz Magan. In, uh, yeah. And Magan in translation means a field. Oh, Magan and means that is the name of the kibbutz that was bombed. By Hamas. Yeah, it, it's okay. a shield. So yeah. That's what that means. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just a so, one of the pictures I sent you, one of the pictures I sent you was me on my bike, mm-hmm. on my historic bike. And the other stuff I wear, it's probably everything was donated to me in a kibbutz mm-hmm. because it was so hot. I didn't have that. You know, I was ready more like for winterish uh, <laughs> or fall time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, all these uh, short sleeves and uh, everything I, I got from them. And again, back in Ukraine, like we appreciated secondhand. Yeah. Like what I recall. Yeah. It doesn't mean anyone else's experience the same, but that's yeah. what I recall. Secondhand was kind of from Europe. I remember receiving secondhand from uh, all the donations from, coming from all different churches in Europe. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, appreciated and much needed. Mm-hmm. So here in Kibbutz, as I told you, <laughs> they have everything for you. Yeah, nice, nice. So what, yeah. what did you do there? How did you spend your, how long were you there and how did you spend your days? Well, I lived in a number of kibbutzes. That kibbutz, I was probably about half a year. Oh. But then I, I went to another one, another one. Everything was unbelievable. But I'm talking about kibbutz again, and today, just because last month, yeah. kibbutz again was under attack from Hamas, yeah. and that was personally touching me, yeah. uh, that uh, whatever happened there. But I also felt uh, I took a crowd in kibbutz again, because they were able to repel this attack. And yeah. uh, only one guy was killed in kibbutz again. And uh, he was one of the defenders. They actually managed to defend themselves. And one of the defenders was killed. Yeah, and uh, what I learned from articles and newspapers that uh, Kibbutz Magan was able to defend one of the kibbutzes who defended himself. And uh, later on, on the 7th and on October 8th, Israeli army came in and helped kibbutznikim to defend themselves. And the next day, October the 9th, the kibbutz was evacuated. That's the story of kibbutz Magan, just a 20-minute walk from Gaza Street. Wow. Wow. I can't imagine how how that would have made you feel. But thank you for sharing that personal story about um, Magan kibbutz. And you mentioned defenders there and since 2014, uh, you've been supporting defenders of Ukraine, and so you have um, you have some news for us to share today. Yeah, I represent uh, Ukraine War Amps organization that helped, thanks to uh, you, Paulette, and your listeners, to Ukrainian uh, defenders, uh, people of Ukraine since uh, 2014, and uh, today we are trying to help Ukrainian wounded hero. Roman Vyktsuk, 
Roman Vukcic from uh, Carpathian, who was actually volunteered, voluntarily joined the Ukrainian army back in 2014, all these years, till recently. Recently, Roman was wounded and uh, he's now in a wheelchair. Oh. His wife and uh, two children are asking us to help Roman with rehabilitation. He needs uh, rehabilitation, massages, etc., as uh, he still hopes to walk one day. Oh, and uh, that yeah, and uh, it's unfortunately uh, my previous story. Unfortunately, have um, now has a connection to everything happening in Ukraine. Well, as UWA, we are dedicated and devoted to help Ukraine and Ukrainians. And right now, we're asking to help us help Roman Viksyuk, Ukrainian wounded hero. And uh, everyone can do so uh, just uh, by reaching out to to you, Paulette, to to us, ukrainewaramps.com. That's our website. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Ukraine War Amps. Just find us. You can just Google us, find more information about us. And uh, PayPal or e-transfer, always working. To, to use PayPal or e-transfer, you just need our email address. Ukraine War Amps, all one word, at gmail.com. Okay. Thank you so much, Jean, for the fascinating reminiscence of your time at Magin Kibbutz and the information about Roman. And we encourage listeners to support Ukraine War Amps uh, in their mission to keep Ukrainian defenders alive and their um, rehabilitated, hopefully back to living as normal a life as possible after the trauma of war. Thank you again, Jean, and look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you for having me, and it was my pleasure. Придоскара часы ще хороші, і ми хором співати буде пісні Божі. Ти не ворог, ти не вернеться, не смердити ми порог, куля не полити серце. Ворога поборемо, ворога поборемо, ворога поборемо, перемотай робимо. Музика в дорозі знадобиться Добре там, де вас нема Від села та й до села Від рівні до міста Відавалося неспроста Поєднала, розгубила Різна кольорова злива Ukraine's famous singing Cossack that was Cossack Siromaha with Voroha Poboremo, We Will Defeat the Enemy. Nahadu Yivi Sukhite Radio Prahramu Nash Holos Radio Krinsko Hokorinya, Nabahatumovni Radio Stansi AM Trinatia Dvatsiat CHMBU Misti Vancouveri.
Нижамеджи скинчила нашу програму и все части домови сказати до побачення. Але перед тем, зима словами мудростя. День, що минається, вже ніколи не повертається. And her proverb of the week translates as a day that passes never returns. And with that, we've come to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, you'll find the podcast link at our website, www.nashholos.com. There's also a link to our Patreon site there, and I do hope you'll consider supporting our work, www.nashholos.com. Well, our time together is up, so we'll wrap things up with something a little more upbeat. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.